The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Hi, my brothers and sisters. For those of you who I haven't met, my name is Isabella Holstey-Purnell, and I will be reading this week's Bible verse. Uh, Today, I'll be reading from Psalms 13, verses 1 through 6. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. My brothers and sisters, will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being a loving God and Father who never leaves our side. In this moment, I stand in repentance of the areas in my life where I've fallen short And uh, Lord, thank you for the mercy and grace that you show us and the opportunity that you give us to turn towards you no matter where we find ourselves. God, I pray that in this time and in this moment that uh, you continue to reveal yourself to the hurting people of the world and the people that uh, are in need of your grace and your mercy in this moment. You hate injustice the way that we do. And Lord, comfort us as we move closer and closer to the good that you want us to have and the joy that you want us to live. God, uh, as Randall comes forward to prepare himself to give this message. Lord, I prepare that I pray that we prepare ourselves to receive it. Uh, Lord, uh, keep our minds open and our hearts open to hear your voice as Randall speaks your truth. We offer up these prayers and the ones that are locked deep inside of our hearts with no words. Lord, we offer them all up in your mighty son's name. Amen. Good morning, church family. Today, we're going to be continuing in the book of Psalms. Uh, We're going through a series right now called Praying the Psalms. Before we get into that, I just want to say that this week has not been an easy week. And that I hope that as we process all that's going on in our country right now, that we come to God's Word. That we find that God's Word is true. And that we find hope today. In the gospel. Last week, Pastor Scott talked about anger, and I think it was very helpful for us as we just think about the systemic racism and also the the violence that we've seen on our social media feeds. How do we process that? How do we work through that? Well, today's text is from Psalm 13, 1 through 6. 
And the message is learning to lament. Learning to lament. I got a text from a friend this past week. He lives in South Carolina. And he was very vulnerable and honest. Here's what he said. He says, my community, specifically the the African-American community, is hurting. They're tired of the injustice. They feel unheard. When the tears are gone, bitterness and anger are all that's left. We've cried the same tears for a long, long time. We need change. As I think about my friend and my brother in Christ, my heart goes out to him. Because one of the things I asked him is, where are you finding your hope right now? Who's speaking into your life? Is the church there for you? I want you to know that we are a church body that loves you and cares for you and wants to talk about how the gospel really impacts the things that we're going through in life because I believe that the gospel does affect our everyday life. Leviticus 24.22 says, You shall have the same rule for the sojourner and for the native, for I am the Lord your God. See, throughout Scripture, we see that God says that there is an equality for every human being that He's created. We have all been created in the image of God. And Micah 6.8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Why does He say first to do justice? Because God knew that there, was, there were going to be many injustices that happen in our world. And so where do we as the church respond? For me, living in different parts of the country and even living in the South for eight years, working with inner city kids, seeing and experiencing the systematic racism that still exists today, We need the truth of the gospel to transform us. And I say systematic because Ephesians 6 tells us that there are systematic evils that are at work in our world. And so we must acknowledge that that's there. Because this isn't going to be solved by man, but it's going to be solved by people who understand that there's a real battle going on. See, we are dealing with complex issues, and I say systematic issues. Hundreds of years of racial tension, injustice, racism. See, it's not just one story. And and many times what we want to do is we want to believe that it's just one story, but it's not just one story. We're dealing with the pandemic. We're, We're dealing with violence, rioting, destruction of communities. And I want to say today that violence is not the answer. And all of this can't be answered by one-dimensional cookie-cutter tweets or posts. See, there are steps toward change that we can make. But but it's not going to be happening through cliche arguments or, or just politics alone or any of these things. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. 
Because as Christians, we believe that the ultimate solution is in Him. So where do we start? Well, Pastor Brian Loritz said, don't rush past lament on your way to solution. Let me say that again. Don't rush past lament on your way to solutions. See, and as we've seen what's going on in our world, we have rushed towards, how can I fix the problem? What can I do before we truly lament? And so what is lament? Well, to to lament is to express deep grief or sorrow. And lament can be through our words or actions. Lament is a common theme in the Bible. That's why we have a book called Lamentations. I appreciate this perspective from Mark Vroegop. Here's what he says. He says, lament is not the same as crying. Lament is a form of prayer. The practice of lament is is one of the most theologically informed actions a person can take. While crying is fundamental to humanity, Christians lament because they know God is sovereign and good. Christians know his promises in the scriptures. We believe in God's power to deliver. We know the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. And yet we still experience pain and sorrow. Lament is the language for living between the poles of a hard life and trusting in God's sovereignty. And so our text today, again, is is Psalm 13, 1 through 6. The question is, how do we lament? To give a little background on this text, it was written by David. And we don't know the exact circumstances behind what was happening as he wrote this. Charles Spurgeon asserts that any attempt to link it to a specific incident is conjecture. Rather, the psalm gives voice to feelings that arise in any of the many trials that a person undergoes in life. See, this psalm is really a template that we can take and and place it onto whatever difficulties we're facing. And so in today's text, we learn three steps to lament. The first one is authentically come to God. Two is vent frustrations to God. And three is entrust yourself to God. Authentically come to God, vent frustrations to God, and trust yourself to God. So the first one, authentically come to God. Look at verse one. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? He says, how long? Twice. There's there's an emphasis on timing. And so as we look at difficulties, as we look at trials, many times where we have the biggest problem is timing, isn't it? We look at it and we say, God, how long am I going to have to go through this? But the, the place where David takes it is he says, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, again, he is authentically coming to God. See, we can look at our systems, we can look at our culture, we can look at people and say, how long? But have we come to God and authentically ask, how long, oh, Lord? That's what David does in the scriptures. 
And here's what he says to God. He says, will you forget me? Will you hide your face from me? See, for David, this is personal. He's going through the difficulties and he's bringing them to God and he's experiencing the pain of it. Timothy Keller says the fact that Psalm 13 is included in the Bible tells us that God wants to hear our genuine feelings, even if they are anger at him. David never stops praying, however, and that is the key. See, what, time, what happens many times is, is we give up in prayer. We, we don't continue to bring it to God in prayer. But we start to go to other places. And David, continually through prayer, asks the difficult questions that he's struggling with and that he's facing. And specifically for him, it was, he was wrestling with God. And it was personal for him. The second point is, vent frustrations to God. Look at verses two through four. How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. What is David venting to God? Well, he's venting some things that he's very frustrated about. First, he, he, he lets us in on what he's thinking because he says this, that, that basically he talks about the, the word counsel there. And what this means is, is turmoil of thought. His mind won't stop thinking. Thinking about the challenges, thinking about the difficulties, thinking about the injustices that he's facing, right? It just keeps going on in his mind over and over and over again to the point where he's exhausted. He says he has deep sadness in his heart. He says that he's seeing evil people being lifted up, exalted. He says that he's in physical danger. He talks about death. He's facing personal humiliation, even the threat to his kingship. And he's also questioning God's justice. See, for many of us, as we think about the frustrations that we have, where are we venting those to? How are we dealing with those things? Because for us, we, we, we must ask, why am I upset? Why am I angry? What specific injustices do I see in the world? And let me ask, have you vented those to God? Because the Psalms and the Scriptures call us to lament. We should lament. Because here's the thing about Christianity. It's not just about me. It's also about others. It's also about what my brothers or sisters are going through. 
The scriptures tell us that if one of the, the members of the body suffers, then we also suffer as well. I feel it. And so have we vented those frustrations to God in prayer? Lastly, number three, entrust yourself to God. Look at verses five and six. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Verse six, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Right, this is someone who has sat for a long time. Didn't let the moment pass him by. Right, we, don't, we don't know how long he processed before he was able to write this psalm on paper. But here's what we know at the end. It's that David entrusted himself to God. Again, Mark Roegop says, lament talks to God about pain. And it has a unique purpose, trust. It is a divinely given invitation to pour out our fears, frustrations, and sorrows for the purpose of helping us to renew our confidence in God. When we face difficulties, trials, challenges, it's not going to be simple catchphrases that are going to help us to walk through this. But it's going to be coming to God in prayer and truly wrestling and saying, God, I have a relationship with you. I need you. Help me to understand. Help me to walk through this. Help me to trust you and know that you're there in the midst of this. See, how does David entrust himself to God? Well, he is choosing to focus on God's, number one, steadfast love. We see it in verse five. And when we talk about God's steadfast love, we're talking about an unfailing, constant love, an undeserved love. Right? We're, we're, we're talking about God continually loving us through the difficulties that we face, not giving up on us even when we have questions, doubts, fears, struggles. God's hand is constant upon us, holding us in His grip, loving us through the challenges that we face. See, David is choosing to focus on God's steadfast love. But second, he's choosing to focus on God's salvation. Right, a part of this is understanding that this isn't the end of the story. The salvation part isn't just focusing on something in the future, but understanding right now he is going to save me from a fallen world. Focusing and choosing to believe that God is saving us. See, and as David entrusts himself to God, he begins to sing. He begins to sing. He says, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Right, as he takes his focus off of the difficulties, the challenges, the injustices that he's facing personally, he's, he's, he's thinking upon God and he's saying, you know what, this world might not deal with me bountifully, but God does. 
God loves me. And so he sings praise to God. Derek Kidner says, as for the past tense in which it is put, this springs evidently from David's certainty that he will have such a song to offer when he looks back at the whole way he has been led. Do you understand that? David is looking at his situation saying, there will be a song that I will be singing as I look back at the challenges that I faced. He will be singing to God in worship. See, what is the good news of the gospel? It's that God takes our laments and can lead us to songs of praise. God can take our difficulties, our challenges, and lead us to songs of praise. And so quickly, some takeaways. How can we lament well? Well, the first one is this. Understand the big picture. Understand the big picture. KB, who's a hip-hop artist, says this. He says, how do I know that I... How do I know if I have made an idol out of my politics? He said, when you see the war of racism as a battle on the left versus the right, instead of the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. Friends, if we want a solution, if we want the answer, we have to start to think with the mindset of the kingdom of God because that is the bigger picture that's going on here. We have brothers and sisters that are struggling right now. And so how does the kingdom of God break through into the darkness? And how do we do, as it says in Micah 6, 8, do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God? These are the questions we need to ask ourselves. But if we don't ask, am I seeing the big picture? We won't understand what people are going through. Second, it's this, listen to others' experience. As we listen today to David's experience, right, and we, we don't have all the answers. We don't, we don't have the whole story. But what we can say is that he was able to honestly express himself. Just as David came to us today in the scriptures, we need to come to others who are going through difficulties and challenges and say, brother, sister, let me listen to you. Let me listen to your experience. See, because many times we only see things through our own eyes, experiences, and learning. And this is a dangerous way to live because we will dismiss and we will shut down the experiences of others if it doesn't fit into our worldview. If it doesn't fit into our worldview, then we will easily dismiss them. And that's one of the most discouraging things to me during this time is that we aren't listening to one another. How do we listen well as believers? Proverbs 18, 13 says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. If we we're ready to give solutions or answers before we listen, Proverbs 18, 13 says it is our folly and shame. Church, let's listen well to those who are hurting. Third, 
unlearn the ways of the world. Unlearn the ways of the world. That's what it tells us to do in Romans 12 too. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Church, many times what we do is we listen to our fears. We listen to our culture. We listen to other people, voices, before we listen to God. And so the only way that we will unlearn some of those things is when we start to come to God's word and say, God, what do you say? How do I listen well to you? How do I learn from you so that I can unlearn some of the ways that maybe I grew up with? Because for some of us, you say, well, that's just the way I grew up. That's just the way things are. And so, friends, for me right now, I'm trying to unlearn some things so that God can renew my mind. And I encourage you to do the same. Lastly, ask God to renew your mind. You gotta come to him, you gotta ask him, you gotta say, God, I need you to come and renew my mind, the way that I think about things. Again, hip hop artist Lecrae, here's what he says. He says, the very words that guided Harriet Tubman that fueled Frederick Douglass and gave infinite wisdom to Dr. King, we have access to them. They were not inactive, but their actions, they were informed by truth. Truth. See, see what drove these people? It wasn't their own ideas, but it was coming to God's word. And I want to tell you, we want to be a, a people, a church that comes to God's word and isn't hypocritical. Well, we're not preaching a truncated gospel, but we are believing the true gospel, which again is for our everyday lives. What I'm seeing right now is there's a world that is dying for an answer literally dying for an answer. They're looking for a solution. They're looking for a place that they can be safe and know that they are heard. And so as the church, we need to listen. We need to be there. We need to say, hey, we do have the answer. It is in Christ. And it's not just to save your soul, but it truly is to break your chains. It's to free you. And so we want to be a people that live that out. See, here's the gospel today. What is it that turns our laments to songs of joy, to songs of praise? It's not going to be some man-made solution. It, it comes from the ultimate solution. It comes from Jesus Christ, the one who came into the world, who was sent into the world, into poverty, into a world that, that at, at that time, then and still today, was filled with racism inequality, oppression. That Jesus who, who walked amongst others that were facing real challenges and difficulties, that Jesus who took on flesh, who died on the cross for our sins, for our challenges, for our iniquities, for the, the, the things that we are facing right now, That Jesus. See, we see that in the end, after all the trials 
and laments that we face in life, there will be a song where we are all singing it together. And that only happens because of the blood of the Lamb. See, we see this visual in Revelation 7, 9 through 10. It says this, the, the Apostle John is saying, he's saying, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Friends, that's Jesus. And we are all in unison singing this song, right? The, 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 the difficulties, the challenges, the laments. But at the end, the picture that we see is we are all together saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's the gospel, friends. And so what are we doing today to work towards that? To be people that understand justice and the need for it, but are working by the grace of God towards reconciliation and peace. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen with us intentionally trusting the Lord and trusting ourselves to Him and saying, Lord, here am I, send me. And we can go out into a broken world and say, Jesus, he loves you. And he's bringing us together to sing his song. Let's pray. Jesus, we pray that you, the God who died on a cross for the sins of the world, that we don't just say that you died for all people, but we live in a way where we, we live in obedience to what that looks like in the real world. Our world is trying to live this out without God. And it will not happen. And so we need Christ at the center of all of this. We believe that Christ is the, the solution, but we don't just want to talk about it. We want to be about it. Help us to live this out and, and, and be a light in the world. And to help those who are crying out right now. Whether it be our black community. Within our city. Within our nation. Whether it be just the, the systems that are, that are going on right now. That we see injustice happening. To the poor. To the lonely. To, to the outcast Lord. May we be people who are filled with your compassion, your love, to see things through other people's eyes so that we can love them as Jesus, you have loved us. May we truly be gospel people. That when people see us, they say, there's something different about them. There's good news in their life. And they're spreading it to others. They're giving it to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. 
Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.